Hello and welcome to Serious Vintage. I'm Jeff Mose. I'm Nat Mose. And I'm Josh Chappell. Today we'll be talking about the March Team Serious Open, and then Josh and Nat eating all over Columbus. Aw, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we had 27 people, including Josh Chappell, for the March Team Serious Open. Josh flew all the way in from Colorado, and I thought it was a blast. I would agree with that. I also had a really good time. Yeah, and I'm I'm really excited that we've started hitting, well, so far anyway, we've started hitting 20-plus people on these events. We had, had 34 on the one in January, and then this one, he had 27. So I'm really hoping we can start getting to the, like, 32-player mark somewhat regularly, especially as the weather gets nicer. I thought January's tournament could have been a fluke because of SCG or something, but uh, yeah. this this tournament pulling 27 is definitely a pretty good indicator. Yeah, and I know it's actually interesting because this was um, somewhat in competition with the Grand Prix in Richmond, and I don't know if that... I mean, I think there were people who basically didn't go to the Grand Prix and decided they had nothing better to do than to play vintage, so they did. That's an excellent reason to play vintage. Um, yeah, which is fine with me. <laughs> well, um, I think we probably lost a, a handful of people, but yeah. probably not a ton. Yeah, and I, I think the thing is, we probably lost as many as the as we brought in, basically. Like, I think the number of people who skipped GP Vintage or skipped GP Richmond and came <laughs> oh, to Vintage, yeah. GP Vintage, will never oh, happen. <laughs> um, I, anyway, I think the number of people who skipped GP Richmond and played Vintage is about the same number of people who skipped vintage to go play in in virginia yeah could be and we had two new signups yeah yeah that's the other thing we've we've gotten in the past two tournaments we've had new dci cards registered to new players which i just think is awesome because it's vintage and no one thinks that people get into competitive magic for vintage but apparently they do i think we've had three in the past two events yeah seems great yeah i know so that's cool one of those players beat me i believe Oh yeah, yeah. Think, uh, if you let sulfuric vortex resolve, your time plant <laughs> you, you, goes out you, the window. You got beat by the burn player. Yeah, <laughs> I I, I fight against him as well. <laughs> I'm did glad you, he beat me. Yeah, did you beat him, Nat? I did. I should not have. Yeah, you shouldn't have. No, I should not have. Did he resolve sulfuric vortex against you? No, no, he did not. That's probably why you beat him. Well, no, actually, the reason that I beat him was because he let Bob live every time. Oh, yeah, that doesn't seem so good. Nope. And I, I mean, I'm not playing combo or anything, but it just it refills my hand enough and puts me far enough ahead in the game that I have counter spells and whatever else to. So he was putting burn over Bob's head and into yours. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I would the game would end with me at like two or three life, but. Well, actually, I guess it usually ended with me at four life because if I got down below that, he could probably kill me. But, but yeah, it was he couldn't just finish me off. Yeah, I guess he was probably hoping that Bob would do some of his job for him. And I mean, that's yeah. that's can potentially work, but that's certainly right. a pretty big gamble. Yeah, interestingly, I played against Burn several years ago at a Mana Drain Open, and the same thing happened basically. Like he just let Bob live. <laughs> And I just kept drawing cards and then won. I was playing combo then, but it was, it was, it was interesting. I think yeah. if you're playing burn, you should kill Bob. That's my recommendation for the day. Cards are real good. Cards are great. Yeah. Having more cards is even better. Yeah. Let's go back to what we played. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Nat, what did you play? I know we did a lot of very intense testing the night before. It, it was very intense. and probably, a lot of different gears. I had been thinking about playing Tidespout Oath because it had done well there, oh, I don't know, a few months ago for me. I was thinking if we had a combo turnout like we did the last time where we had, I think, 27 players were on blue decks and half of those were on combo. The Tyrant Oath list generally does pretty well against combo, especially against Oath-based combo, because you have a better draw engine to go find Forbidden Orchards, usually. But anyway, the Oath list did terribly against yours, whatever pile you played, and so I just decided to play Sullivan Solution pretty much straight out of whatever year that was invented. <laughs> a Rayo. Yeah, 
I, I was resolving and flipping a rail. I was attacking with Demir Cutverse. Yeah, I saw you. I saw you play a Demir Cutverse against someone and blow their mind. I was tap. I was uh, tutoring for just random answers to stuff. It was awesome. Like <laughs> I had a ton of fun. All my games were super interactive, and I went two and three. <laughs> were you two and two until the last round, or was I two and two until? Yes, I did lose my last round. I lost yeah. my last round against Paul Blakely, who was playing Pyromancer Gush. Young Pyromancer or Pyromancer Ascension? <laughs> the former. Uh, oh, okay. I, I I wouldn't have known. He, he doesn't have a brain defect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I had I had a lot of fun. I really like that deck a lot. And I, I don't think it's totally outmoded right now. I, I think it has a rough time versus shops, but you just bring in a whole bunch of creature removal, and there's answers for a whole bunch of other things. I also really enjoyed playing Stifles all weekend. For people who may not know, could you explain oh. what the deck does? Sure. The Sullivan Solution was invented by Adrian Sullivan as an answer to the whole vintage deal back in 2008, I think. Back then, there was a whole bunch of... like the, One of the big threats at the time was TPS, the Storm deck, and you really just... You had a whole bunch of ways to hate on mana. You had Wastelands and Stifles, Stifles being used to hit Fetchlands. And then you also had a bunch of counters and Stifles against Storm. You could really beat up on Storm decks, and I... Had a hunch that that might be useful, and actually it turned out to be not too bad. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I I don't know. I, I It was the wrong environment to have this particular deck in, and I didn't face a lot of the matchups that I wanted to. But And then you're draw engineering with Demir Cut Purse and using Areo just sort of as a big value. Right. How do you go about flipping Areo once you play him? It's pretty organic, actually, how you flip them. You, you are playing five moxes, and you have just a bunch of one-drop and efficient spells, and you know you don't need your moxes immediately, so a lot of times you just end up holding them in your hand until you can play a rail. Hmm. I mean, I did have a game where I flipped, or did have a game where I was going to flip him on turn one. My play was going to be Black Lotus, Areo, Mox, Demir Cutpurse which would have been a heck of an opening. <laughs> right. <laughs> but instead, that was in the last round, and Paul had the counter for Areo, and Demir cut first resolved, and then traded with the young Pyromancer, I think. I, I felt okay doing that, because I felt both were just sources of infinite card advantage. So. Yeah. <laughs> do you play the Arcane Lab for the hard lock, or is that just win more? No, I didn't do that. No, I it, actually, the hard lock is pretty much Areo and cut purse. Because if you get them down to one card in hand, that is either a land or something they won't be able to resolve through a rayo. Oh, okay. So how many people read a rayo? A lot of people read a rayo, awesome. and a lot of people read cutpers. I bet. Which again is is just pleasing to me. Yeah, so what does what does a rayo do? What do you mean? What does a rayo do? Well, like, do people that are listening to us is is anyone listening to us? Do they know what a rayo does? <laughs> oh, I thought people knew. <laughs> oh, well, anyway, rayo is a I don't know, legendary flip card from Kamigawa block, and it costs one and a blue for a 1-1 flyer, and the 1-1 flyer actually did come in handy. Um, So he flies? I didn't know that. Yeah, I know, right? It it actually flips. It does not transform. Yeah, it flips. It flips lengthwise, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, now now we have cards that flip in several directions, so you have to be specific. But anyway, so while it's a creature, whenever Storm 4 is reached, it will trigger to flip, and then once it's triggered, it becomes an enchantment that counters the first spell an opponent plays every turn, which, I mean, is is a disruptive ability for sure, but it's not that hard to play around because you usually just wait until you have a mox in your hand and then throw your mox away and then resolve whatever spell you're going to do. But that means you need two cards in hand and have it's, to have counter backup. Et yeah, it's, it's generally just, it, it forces the opponent to put a lot of cards into their plays. Right. And the the other thing that's nice about it is that because of the legendary rules change, you can now play play an Areo and flip it, and then play the creature version again. And if you flip that one accidentally, you just sacrifice one of them. You don't lose both of them like you used to. Yeah, it seems a lot better. It's yeah. a lot better. <laughs> because being able to attack with Areo then, again, is, is good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems fine. I mean, yeah. best case scenario for your opponents, they have like a... Abrupt decay, and they still just abrupt decay in a rayo. So 
Right. Well, at that point, they can erupt, erupt decay something else and then resolve their second spell, too. So. That's true. Yeah, erupt decay would be really good against Arreo, but who cares? Did you see any erupt decay? Did I? I don't. Well, if they did, they didn't target Arreo. Hmm. I don't remember. It happened It happened Friday night at the kitchen table. Did you target Arreo? I don't remember what I targeted. Probably. I, I think you you actually may have taken out cut purse, but. Oh. I mean, whatever. <laughs> Guessing better than I thought. Yeah, no, good job. <laughs> it was actually, it was a lot of fun, like I said, because I, I did have a bunch of interaction. It was fun, again, to be able to play cards that people had to read, because, I, I mean, I had a bunch of different counters and stuff like that that were just there to sort of be somewhat diversionary as well as being effective in different matchups. So, I mean, I only had one of Spell Snare and Mental Misstep and some other stuff, so... Was Stifle as good as you were hoping it would be? I have always loved Stifle. I know, I know. I um, used to hate it when we just and, played against each other nonstop. And, and, it, and it ended up being pretty useful. I mean, I stifled several triggers in Dredge, uh, including a Bazaar and a Narcomoeba. I stifled... What's the... Uh, I stifled a Rift Bolt. <laughs> Which works out way better than you probably thought. No, I, I thought it would. I thought it would pretty much straight up counter it and exile it, and it did. So that was what I wanted. And I also, I mean, I stifled several fetch lands and some other stuff. It was, it was useful. I, I mean, I played three of them, and that seems about right. I could play four of them. I like stifle a lot. <laughs> could play five of them. I, I could play five because I could just play a trick bind. Basically, I had three trick bind and a shadow of doubt because I like that card too. Both. No squelch. No squelch. But, but yeah, I, um. What did I, I played against Blue Black Tesserator. I played against Shops, which was a blowout regardless. I mean, like, it didn't matter that I had a lousy deck against Shops. It would have been a blowout anyway. I played against Burn. I played against Noblefish. And... Pyromancer. Yeah, Pyromancer. No, I I didn't play against Noblefish. What was the other deck I played against? I don't remember. I hope that that's okay, because I pretty much don't remember any of what I played against. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's how it goes. <laughs> what 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 did you play, Jeff? Well, I I just finished up my shops, so I wanted to play shops. I've never actually played shops in a tournament before. So you bought all your Mishra's workshops. Right, that's right. Okay. Let's be clear here. Yes. And <laughs> I, I I pretty much was trying to toss up between Twan's Twanspresso stacks and your old Forge Master Staves list. Man, you chose poorly. <laughs> I apparently chose poorly, uh, <laughs> it, which is funny because traditionally when I go, uh, like two-fisting decks that I want to play, I play them against Twan's Espresso decks, and I have a really hard time with that deck. I think it's pretty good. But I decided so you, to go with what? So you know what won the tournament too, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you should have seen his hands in the top eight. They were oh, no, that, that was eight. sick. That was ridiculous. <laughs> So in case you haven't been paying attention, Tuan actually top four of the tournament. We we split at top four, but he was first all the way through the Swiss and pretty yeah, much. Yeah, his his game one and game way. three in top eight were just like, yeah, I'm gonna play out my hand and you're just gonna die. He had like first turn stack both games. So good. That's really hard. <laughs> um, and then his opponent in game three played like his only basic land and he top deck strip mine. Yes. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> Like he was already did he, did bad for him. Did he offer him a high five or anything? <laughs> I think he blew on his deck. <laughs> so yeah, I was playing Forge Master Staves, so basically like shops and lodestones, and then the ultimate combo is Forge Masters, Metalworkers, and Staves. Staves right. Staff of Domination. I never was able to combo out. Pretty much every single time I played a dude, he died within a turn. I was seeing lightning bolts. I saw a lot of ancient grudge. It was, people were definitely prepared for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I ended up two and three, and one one of those wins was the buy, so I can't say that I did all that well. I still had a really good time, though, and I think that my opponents also had a good time. So that's good. Did you play against Burn? I did not play against you, Burn. You must not have. Cause... I played I played against a decent amount of blue. I played against Twan in round one, which was oh. an interesting match, but uh, in both cases, I could not beat Smokestack. Even in game two, I had a first-turn Platinum Angel, and uh. he was basically just able to get a stack down, and a series of Tangle Wires just put me under the ground. Yeah. Yeah, I realize actually that I 
<laughs> if I'd thought to, I could have given you some advice on the sideboard. Because I know that the, the sideboard for that, that I think you copied since it had Shimmer Mirror in it. Shimmer Mirror. It's like, what is this card for? Yeah. but so What does it do? You can play artifacts as though they have flash. And Shimmer Mirror itself has flash. So, and I wasn't thinking, it's it's sort of obvious now, but basically if you get Hercules Recalled, you tap your mana, your stuff bounces, and then you put and play Shimmer Mirror with your floating mana, and then right. play it all your stuff again. Right. But it's terrible. I mean, it's not good. No. Not good. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> it's real cute. Um, not good. But yeah, the sideboard for that is bad against shops. It really needs to bring in crucibles. Um, yeah. Because cause your mana gets hit really hard. Yeah. You don't quite have enough mana to keep up with them. And the, like, and the deck also has three cities of traders, which is yeah. tough when you're trying to keep your permanent and land yeah. count up. Yeah. yeah, like you really need to bring in probably two, at least two crucibles and probably a couple extra lands. I've definitely lost to shops before where it's just like on turn two, I have zero mana for the rest of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, was he playing Melrods? I don't think he was playing Null Rods, or at least if he was, he sided them out. Because Null Rod is even worse. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, so, oh well. <laughs> yeah, I, I just got, I, I pretty much got dump trucked all day long. I'm seriously trying to remember some of my other games, <laughs> and I think that I've blocked them out of my mind. Yeah. Well, you know, one of your wins was Dubai. Dubai. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was real strong. I got to videotape some games. Oh yeah, I wonder if I Where are those? That. I should have them. I forgot they existed, so I didn't do anything with them. <laughs> also, one of them was me getting trounced, so I might just definitely leave. forgot they existed. Right, I might just leave that there. Yeah. No, I I like the deck. I just needed to be able to get threats that would stick. Like having staff and no metal worker. Yeah. Is is pretty rough. Were you and playing Blightsteel Colossus? I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, that's a. That's an old list from me. Which actually was kind of awkward, because yeah. there were a couple of times when I could get Forge Master online, right. and I couldn't get anything that would really seal the deal. Right. Yeah, that's... Because Dwayne Haddix and I were playing parallel developing lists for a while, and I think both of us were sort of taking tech from each other, and, and the one big thing I took from him was Blightsteel Colossus, which now I don't think you could play without. That's just silly. I, I, I agree with that. The, I, I, the, thought, I thought it was win more for a long time, but now I realize it's actually just win a lot of Yeah, it, it sucks to cast, but at the same time, if you yeah. get Forge Master, most of the time you're going to want to get Blightsteel. Does that deck play Lightning Greaves? Yeah. That was another thing. I noticed the games that I won were games where I had Lightning Greaves. Yeah, Lightning Greaves is really good. How many were we playing? Two. Whoops. Yeah, it should, have been, <laughs> should have been three at least. <laughs> like that card is real good, and it seems so innocuous, but it just enables yeah. some really, really good plays. Yeah. Yeah. The other list that's similar, the version that Jordy played at Gen Con, is actually pretty good too in that sort of vein. Yeah, I know you offered that to me because you had it proxied up, and <laughs> I should have taken you up on that one. Oh yeah, man. You can't play proxy workshops when you got real ones. Yes. I know. That was why. That was why yeah. I couldn't do it. Yep, I'm with you. But hey, at least you were fully powered and played Sanctioned Vintage, right? Yeah, yeah. The only time I got Forge Master online and needed to tutor up Sundering Titan <laughs> to really like control the game, mm-hmm. I uh, I drew him. I drew nice. the Titan the turn that Forge Master <laughs> came off of Summoning Sickness. So. so good. Real strong. Yeah, yeah. So, so what did you think of workshops in general? Because as far as I know, this is like the first time you've ever played workshops in a tournament. It is, it is. And it's funny, because I think that shops get sort of a bad name, and, and I think we've talked about this before, as being very one-dimensional, but as far as like, oh, well, you just, you know, get your opening hand, and you play out your seven, and then you either win or you don't. Right. But... There's quite a bit of nuance as to how you play out your cards, especially yeah. because you're so focused and you have few options, but those options matter more. Right. Um, there were a bunch of times I was playing out my hand and I was like, well, that was really stupid and <laughs> I could just lose this right now if he, right. if he has a counter. Right. Cause usually that's something like turn one workshop and then you either have sphere of resistance or a like metal worker or something. It's like, do you go for Metalworker to get it online right away, or do you go for Sphere of Resistance? Or, yeah, yeah. Well, usually, in that case, it would be Thorn of Amethyst. But I think oh. the, the thing that I have always remembered, I think may have been Trogdon, I don't know, someone 
that I trusted their opinion on workshops said, like, when you are deciding whether or not to keep a hand, you have to look at the hand and decide, like, if these are the only cards I have the rest of the game, can I win? Yeah. Because your draw engine's awful. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's... Your draw engine is every turn. Yeah, it's real wretched. <laughs> I did have a really hilarious play against Tuan. So in in game one, uh, he was on the play, and he played out some Moxin and, you know, did his thing. And on my turn, I had a Phyrexian Revoker to play, so I played my Phyrexian Revoker on his Mox Emerald. And blah, 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 we play on, I eventually lose the game. And in game two, I'm on the play, and my first turn is basically, I think, I think it's just Blind Revoker, and uh-huh. next turn I, I can Lodestone or something. I play out the Revoker. I don't know what to name, because we're basically playing most of the same cards. I didn't realize he was playing Leyline Helm. If I had known that, I would have named Helm. Helm, yeah. So I was like, I was just going to name a Mox, and I was like, well, Mox Sapphire. He's like, okay. And I reach over to write a new slip for Sapphire, and I was like, oh, I just have this one that's already named Emerald. I'll just name Emerald instead. <laughs> and Emerald was like the Mox that he had. It totally shut him out of having first turn smokestack and it's a good thing there's no rel at at unsanctioned events (laughs) yeah apparently (laughs) no i I had an opponent who i don't remember what i played i think it was a metal worker or something and he was like resolves and he's like oh shoot i should have i should have countered that and i was like i really haven't like finished resolving this yet if you want to counter it you can counter it it's fine like all right, yeah, I'm going to counter it. It was yeah. good, because he definitely won the game, because he countered that. But, uh, <laughs> like, they can play the game and not be... Vintage is full of friendly people. Exactly, exactly. It's about having a good time, not necessarily right. adhering to the rules so so rigidly. <laughs> yeah. When you say it like that, it sounds like EDH. Yeah, it's that's, pretty much like that, only, only way cooler. That's the greatest insult that I've ever heard to Vintage <laughs> Chapel. I can't believe you just said that. Well, I've seen, like, you know, people play EDH and, you know, triggers hit the stack four or five turns later, which I guess is the same in Vintage. It's like, oh, I missed three Mana Crypt rolls. <laughs> I guess I'll roll for all these right now. <laughs> oh, hey, I died two yep. turns ago. <laughs> so, Chapel, what did you play? Since, obviously, I did terribly and I'm <laughs> worth talking about. Well, I mean, I can't say I really have a better story. Yeah, I guess um, you were at the bottom tables before I was at the bottom tables. That's true. I started Man, off you, too. You guys realize that people listen to us about? Yeah, the, I, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't get I it. It's several hilarious. article series. <laughs> <laughs> so I had I had together a four color welder list for a while, mm-hmm. just because it was pretty fun to play, and it wasn't really that bad. I mean, if you could. Counter what you needed to in the early game and make it to the mid game, you were fine, which is kind of similar to Slaver, I guess, when that was a deck. But I don't know if it's just I didn't know what I was doing, which is definitely possible. But my round one against Alec, he was playing workshops, and I think it all went downhill in the middle of game one my entire day. And I resolved the Jace, and I had like I'd countered a couple things. And I had no threats, like my hand was garbage, so I'm like, I need to do something to like end this game quicker than just going straight for fate ceiling. So I ended up brainstorming like three times, it was like a shuffle in the middle, and I still found nothing, so I'm like, okay, now I need to start trying to win. Yeah. I got Jace to like 10, he resolved a creature, and then I lost the game. It was stupid. <laughs> but you couldn't bounce it with Jace? Well, I mean, I could, but like the he, and then he got to the point where he, he could play two creatures, and yeah. yeah, it just it got out of control real fast. Stupid Jace. That's what I hate yeah. about Jace. That, uh, it feels so bad when you. Well, I mean, I when, think you know, I think it's I think I could have played better, could have like made better decisions, but I guess in hindsight, that's easy to say. Yeah. Was he short on a resource when you resolved Jace? I mean, like, could you have kept him off lands or kept him off creatures or something to to win? Like with with fate sealing, I mean. No, I mean, I pretty much had to fate seal him out of threats, yeah. which I guess I could have done, but I think he still had, like, three or four cards in his hand. Uh-huh. I didn't know what they were. So, right. yeah, I was I really wanted to get, like, try and get Key, Time Vault, or, like, Tinker, and I just, I don't know, maybe I got greedy. I always play Magic pretty greedy, so. Yeah. And then I think I lost the next game. <laughs> and then my round two opponent was the Burn player, who I'm glad that he beat me because... 
I don't play a lot of foreign cards in my deck, but I play some. And I made him call a judge because I told him he shouldn't ask me what they do. Because it's wrong to get your opponent's advice on what to play. <laughs> right. So, and, and I think I have like five foreign cards in my deck, and they're like Yogmoss Will, Vampiric Tutor, Mana Vault, Gifts, and Factor Fiction. But, yeah. you know, he was pretty new to the game, so, which is fine. I, I don't care. I mean, I'd rather him look him up. I think I won. Well, no, game one, he resolved Sulfuric Vortex, and I had Time Ball Key next turn, and. <laughs> <laughs> That didn't do anything. I won game two, and then game three I lost to my own mana crypt. So, I mean, obviously when he had Sulfuric Vortex, like, you time vault keyed anyway. And so so you couldn't... I assume you weren't playing, like... Well, you had, had an Ancient Grudge main deck and stuff, right? Or not Ancient Grudge, um, Abrupt Decay. I did. I had one. Take yeah. all the turns, take all the damage. I think I was at four life. Oh. So, like... I think I drew a card and was like, okay. You got it. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine. I mean, yeah. you know, he's a fine opponent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was, he was really nice. Like, I, I played against him, too. And yeah. He was fun to play against. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of talked to him about Vintage. Yes, like, he said this was his first event, I think, at playing Vintage. So, I mean, that's cool. Good for him for showing up. Yeah. My next two rounds were Oath, which that deck has always been pretty decent against. I'd, I don't know if it's like the... Abrupt Decay is coming in from the sideboard or that it plays a decent amount of counter magic, but I don't know. I've always felt like I have a pretty good game against Oath. Was this Burning Oath or was this like some other get an actual... This was Burning Oath, and I don't remember his real name, but his name was Kurosu. It's uh, Tom. Tom, yeah. Tom was his name. Yeah, we had a real weird game one where he just kind of resolved Gristlebrand, drew 14 cards, and didn't do anything. Yeah. And by resolve Gristlebrand, I mean like... Ritual, Ritual, Lotus, Lands. Nice. That's, <laughs> so that was that's cool. one way to do it. Yeah. And then I have the rest of the games I won with Spirit Tokens. And then my next round, Oath Player, the next of the games, those games, a 2-0-1 with Spirit Tokens as well. And the 2-2 Flyer from Swan Song really helped speed up my clock as well. Yeah. I think I had three Spirit Tokens and a 2-2 Swan. Man. Swan tokens do not seem that good to give out when you're playing Oath. I don't know. I totally got dumb trucked by Swan Song at one point. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're combo Oath, it seems it seems okay, I guess. But unless yeah. you're, yeah, I mean, unless your Oath just doesn't stick around, then right, it's just even worse. Yeah, like if they counter your Oath anyway or whatever, like <laughs> that seems bad. I don't know. <laughs> My last round, I played against Keeper. I think his name was Rick. Yeah, Rick Gideon. We had some good games. Pretty back and forth for a while. Uh, he won game one, and I don't remember exactly what happened. Game two, I remember tinkering for Sundering Titan and hitting the full five lands, four of them his. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, his his uh, keeper list plays, I think, all five colors, right? Mm. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Does he do that with cities or just fetches and duels? He's got cities, too. Yeah. Like, it's probably like three cities and some number of dual lands. Yeah, I mean, his deck was cool. Yeah. Game three, we kind of went back and forth and fought over Time Vault that he was resolving, and he countered my last counter with, like, a Red Elemental Blast, and that was my tournament. Man, Red Elemental Blast is so good. Yeah, it's pretty good. So, I mean, Goblin Welder did not do a ton for me. I'm not sure. What are you playing with Welders to get your value out of them? Well, I think my main plan is to, like, get Time Vault and Voltaic Key and then get the back if I need to, and then I play Sundering Titan. Yeah, they attacked for one a couple times. Do you have Blightsteel or is Sundering Titan your lone big dork? Sundering Titan is my lone tinker target, and then uh, Antiquities Rocket Launcher in the sideboard. Nice. Whoa. That's not true. Oh, I'm so (laughs) bummed right now. I was so excited that you were playing Rocket Launcher. You can't really weld Blightsteel in anyways. Right, right. right. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, it was fun, but I think it's time for a change. Yeah. What are you That's... changing into? <laughs> I don't know. I might uh, I might actually try Bomberman or the Angels deck because now I have a Mox Pearl, and that would seem kind of important to both of those in sanctioned vintage out here. Oh, yeah. Someone was playing Angels at the tournament. Yeah, it was in the top eight. It was Tuan's top eight round. Opponent. Yeah, that, that's, that's right. Andrew Morrow. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Angels deck 
But I, I think it needs Snapcasters. All the lists I've seen do not play Snapcaster, and I can't figure out why. Snapcaster is a really good card. Uh, well, it's just it's really good in that list. <laughs> you can do it again with Angel. <laughs> I've never been able to get that value play. I was really excited when that guy was playing against Tuan because I thought I saw him Angel Flash the Snapcaster. Was he playing Snapcasters? Nope. No. Yeah. What was he? We had Trinket Mages. Yeah, yeah, maybe I thought that he was he was angel flashing the trinket mage, but in, he was not actually. So yeah. I was I was bummed by that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know because that's just insane. Especially like something like a trinket mage. If the yeah. trinket mage has like something lethal coming at it, and you angel right. flash it, you save it, and then you also get another card. Oh man! Right. <laughs> yeah, that, that I mean, angel is really good for that sort of thing. But I mean, it's just. I mean, that's a, the same sort of value you would get out of Snapcaster made. Oh, exactly. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. I, I mean, I would at least find room for two. I, don't I think know. two would be pretty easy to yeah. fit in here. Like, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. He has four Jace. I mean, Jace is great, but I don't know if you need four. Eh, I'm, I'm alright with four Jace. A lot of people like four Jace. Yeah. Huh. Well, I only own three, so. Yeah. Good I only run three. I only play decks that don't play Jace because I'm terrible. Yeah. Well, apparently I am too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I mean, overall, I think it was a good tournament. Had nice turnout, and I think everyone had a good time. We had how many people went to? Okay. Well, so after the tournament, we tried to go to Thurman. Wait, wait, wait. We missed the most important part. Is this the medal? Is this no. the treacle? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because Riley Curran was fooled by the wrapping on the treacle. And picked that as his Vintage Achievements prize. Was he fooled by it, or was he just like, this is going to be real dumb, so I might <laughs> All of us were like, you should take that one. That one is shaped like a can. curiosity just slowly ate away at him until he was just like, I got enough. Ryan, the store owner, was super psyched that he did, because he's been waiting for someone to take the treacle for a long time. <laughs> like, what is treacle? Treacle is sponge cake with syrup on it. And you can buy it in a can, so it's canned sponge cake. It sounds really sweet and gross. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like, I mean, you know, normally you'd, you know, take it out of the can or... Uh, no, no, it says on the can that it's microwavable. <laughs> yeah, but you you have to take it out of the can or your microwave will blow up. Oh. But anyway, so you, you warm it up and then it's like sponge cake with syrup on it. And it's, you know, delicious, sweet cake. So, I mean... The only real problem with it is that I think it's two years expired. Now. It is indeed. <laughs> but it's but, canned. What could go wrong? I, I agree. I, I would still eat that. I I would not have a problem with it. I mean, other people might, but I I have no shame. So sure. of you eating things that are terrible. Wait, what? <laughs> you lost me, too. <laughs> Where I are we going? We're, I, thought, I thought we were going to talk about food. Oh, yeah, but I didn't eat anything that was terrible all weekend. Well, that's a pretty decent segue. Yeah, it is a good segue, Ben. Yeah, so anyway, after the tournament, I think, what, 11 of us, 13 of us? 13 of us, right? Because we had two tables of... It was a lot. We yeah, had a table 13. of six, a table of five, and a table of three. That's 14. I was a table of three. So I know. Um, but anyway, so we had, we had 14 people uh, who tried to go to Thurman's and discovered that there was a two and a half hour wait. So. We got beers to go and drank them outside real quick. I didn't know that you could do that. Maybe that's a Columbus thing. I mean, it's not really a thing you can do. (laughs) It's a thing you can do. It's just not necessarily. It's not a thing you may do. Yeah. Well, it, I didn't start it. There were other people doing it that we didn't know. I, so. I mean, I, I don't think I'd worry about it necessarily. Anyway, so, so yeah, we stood out on the street for a while and d- tried to decide where to go. And the classic fallback for Thurman's is the Easy Street Cafe, which is two doors down from Thurman's. And when I looked in the door, it looked like they could seat all 13 of us immediately. So Which they could. So that's where we went. <laughs> And Easy Street is sort of a Greek it, it, restaurant. It's a Greek restaurant with bar. a not very Greek name. Right. Yeah. But they, I, you know, they do a pretty good job. They have burgers, and you can get gyros and other Greek food, and as well as you know, normal bar stuff like pizza and whatever. 
I've always liked their food. I always think it's pretty solid. They're I not, thought it was good. They're not yeah, overpriced or anything. And, you know, the benefit is that they're right next to Thurman's, and if Thurman's is full, you can just go there. So Yeah, it's a pretty good audible. Yeah. So I, I had the gyro there, which I think, from my experiences at the Easy Street, you're better off getting Greek food than, like, a burger. The burgers I've had there have been okay, but they're nothing mm, special. But but the gyros are pretty good, and they yeah, have good fries. And... I, I think that burgers are fairly easy to come by. I love gyro meat, so <laughs> if I ever have that option, I'm going to eat that. Yeah, gyro meat. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's Is that like a specific country or just all, all of them? Specific country? Yeah, gyro meat. Yeah, meat gyro. On a spit. Gyro. You know, like G-Y-R-O, <laughs> not gyro. <laughs> no, I know. Chavel. <laughs> well, I mean, there are other countries that serve similar meat. That's, that's true. Thing. That's true. Like um, turkey. And, and we we also, Nat and I both started out with dessert first. As is tradition. As is tradition. You had the standard baklava, and I had the baklava sundae, which comes with vanilla ice cream. You commented about halfway through that you didn't think that the the chocolate syrup on yours added anything, and I would agree yeah, with it. They put chocolate syrup on my baklava? That's not a thing, is it? Yeah, I, I, I didn't really understand that. I mean, it's fine. Like, I like chocolate syrup, but, I mean, it was really just Hershey's syrup on my baklava. Like, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't even warm. And that was the other thing. that So the chocolate syrup was a little weird. Like, it was fine, but... Um, but the other thing was the baklava was too cold. It obviously had just come out of a freezer or a, a cold case or something like that, like which I think means that it loses a lot of the, first of all, the flakiness, and then also some of the flavor that comes with having warm food. Mm. I, I didn't, I mean, I got the Sunday. Yours was so automatically going to be cold. With, yeah, it's going to be cold. Yeah, so so we did that. And what, what did you have, Chapel? I ordered, give me the best burger on your menu. What did they give you? They gave me a burger with some green chili on top. Oh. It was pretty good. And then I got the I got the Greek fries to be uh, you know, Greek. <laughs> to get yeah. I think that was the first time I'd had the Greek fries and I thought they were okay. Yeah. I mean I I would probably get those again. Yeah, no, I thought everything was pretty good there. Did you punch a sandwich? I did. I punched a sandwich. You got good Charles's, you. didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. But he he tried to play it off. He he tried to be like, "Oh, I wanted you to punch my sandwich." Yes. <laughs> Oh, that that one was a freebie. Yeah, I I totally knew that was coming. <laughs> you know, since you're visiting from Colorado and all, I thought I'd give you a good time. Right. I was really watching your sandwich chapel, and if it had been open, I would have jumped over. Yeah, Jeff was going to lunge over three of us <laughs> to get to your sandwich. I'm not surprised. I think the, the time I punched Jeff's sandwich was like a traumatic... Scar on him. I, I still have nightmares about that. Man, that was good. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> yeah, for you. <laughs> I the best was so. I mean, the story is that Jeff and Chapel are sitting sort of back to back to each other. Haven't we told this story before? On the, the sandwich we've punch told it episode? on the on the podcast before. I think we told it in the sandwich punch episode. Oh man, that was such a good one. <laughs> So anyway, if you haven't heard it, so Jeff and Chapel are sitting back to back, like at a corner of a table, in the corner of a table. And Jeff, it's at the end of a day, and Jeff has a terrible headache, and he gets this plain burger, as that is what he normally eats. <laughs> and all he wants to do is eat this burger, like he's been looking forward to this. And he gets it, and he puts his ketchup on it or whatever, puts the bun back on. And sets it down, and Chapel like spins around in his seat and punches it through the table. Like it's just the the, the concussion from that blast knocked me out of my chair. <laughs> well, Andy just spent all day playing the mountains win again. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, yeah, Jeff I did. had a terrible day. <laughs> it was awful. And and the the look on Jeff's face after that, and I I wasn't sure whether he was going to cry. Or just punch Chapel in the face. Probably but, both. But he but he took a deep breath and he just started eating his sandwich. <laughs> like, this is all I cared about. <laughs> it was so good. Oh. Man. I'm glad somebody's sandwich got punched though. I mean at Easy Street, not not Jeff's necessarily. Yeah, at, at our table I think almost everyone got Gyros, so 
Well, no, Caffrey actually got his sandwich punched, but it was well after he was, I mean, well after the point where it was worth punching. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, at a certain point, it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I really wasn't going to eat that anyway. <laughs> yeah. And the technicality on the Euros was that they were not listed on the sandwich menu, and as such, since it's one piece of bread, not a sandwich. Right. So, if you bought a Euro, you were I, I, I will say that I kind of prefer them when they aren't, like, totally, very commonly when you order one, it's, like, closed at one end and then just overflowing at the other end. And I really do kind of like to be able to wrap it and eat it normally rather than just getting face full of tzatziki sauce. <laughs> so you like to wrap it <laughs> normally instead of putting tzatziki sauce all over your face? Yes. That's uh, exactly what I am saying. It's good to know. Good to know. <laughs> uh, Man, now I want a euro real bad. Is this is this bullying? Yes, it is. No, we're not talking about that. No, we're not. <laughs> I wasn't. I was just wondering if we were bullying Jeff. Oh, probably. One time you punched his sandwich. You yeah, it was. It was awful. <laughs> um, so, well, so that was the end of the day on Saturday. And earlier that day, Josh and I had gone to North Star Cafe with the other early arrivers from Team Series. And, I mean, I've been there plenty of times, but what did you think of it, Chapel? I thought it was great. I had the uh, biscuit. Biscuit sandwich? Yeah, the biscuit sandwich with bacon and egg. That was recommended to me, and it was awesome. Like, the biscuit was great. I had a I had a breakfast beer because Tuan ordered one before me, and, you know, I wouldn't let one of my friends drink by themselves at breakfast. So No, you can't do that. So just now thinking this through, I realized that I ordered a cookie to go to eat at the tournament. And you and have I never, no idea where that is, do you? Yeah, I never ate it. So I think it might be in my bag still. Oh, <laughs> delicious. Yeah, what a delightful treat for yourself later on. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I might eat it tonight. For the next magic tournament. Now you got to yeah. keep it. <laughs> yeah, put it, put it in the uh, prize pool. <laughs> oh, that's great. i got to wrap it up. But yeah, no, I thought it was good. It was definitely good breakfast. The biscuit uh-huh. was great. I couldn't have made the biscuit, but, you know, you can make bacon and eggs pretty easily. Right. The thing with them is that they usually have really good quality bacon and eggs. Like, their their bacon is, is better than other places. Right. Just because they, they have a better bacon source. My complaint about them is that they're mm, slightly overpriced for what you end up with. I mean, because I can make bacon and eggs myself, I really don't like to pay a lot for it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the what the thing is with... Columbus or Cleveland, Toledo area necessarily, but in Denver, people love brunch. It's insane. Oh, yeah. Like, the weight is just bonkers sometimes. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, there's lots of places around there like that. I mean, there's actually three or four um, North Star cafes in the Columbus area, and the wait for them on a weekend is, is long. Like, you're you're likely to be there for a half hour standing in line if you go at the wrong time. So. Yeah, I mean, ours was pretty fast. Yeah, I was, I was impressed. I was pleased by that because I... I mean, I think I stand in line like six minutes. Right. And I had the breakfast burrito, which is, they have a um, uh, sweet potato hash uh, that has, well, it's obviously chopped up sweet potatoes and it's got some peppers and whatever else in it. And then they put some bacon in it and some beans and that's the burrito. And they actually have really good salsa that goes with it too. It has a nice flavor. So I am a, I'm a big sweet potato fan. I tried yeah. some of Dom's uh, sweet potato and onions and that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, actually, mine was pretty good. I don't know that I've had that one before, so it was good. And then the night before, so Friday evening, we went to Harvest Pizza, Josh and my wife and I. I really like that place. I think they have some really good pizza toppings. A lot of their extras are pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I thought that that place was really good. The uh, ricotta with honey and lavender appetizer was awesome. Yeah, and uh, I like that you could actually taste the lavender in it. Which right, me too. Because that, that was what pushed me over the edge of right. the lavender. What was it? So it was like ricotta, like a creamy cheese with honey and lavender mixed into it. Yeah. On a pizza? No, it was just in a bowl, and then you had like flatbreads. Yeah, oh. it was like a cheese dip. Oh, neat. Yeah. But that was really good. See, if you and Sarah would come visit, we could take you there. I know, I know. We're going to work on that. I know, I know. Just giving you a hard time. But, uh, yeah, so we, uh, we, I think we all got pizzas. So we got three different pizzas, and Elizabeth got the spicy Yuma, which has jalapenos and corn, and I don't remember what type of meat it has on it, but 
but it is indeed spicy, and I, I like the corn on it because it gives it a little bit of a sweetness that I appreciate. And uh, I had the... Man, I don't remember what I had. Oh, I had the pineapple, which has pineapples and ham and also jalapenos. And the one thing that's nice about that is that their ham is really high quality. It's not like normal pizza ham, which is normally like, you know, stuff that you would get from Oscar Mayer in the grocery store. (laughs) It's actually a little bit thicker cut, so you have a little bit of, you know, that chewiness to it, and it actually has has a real nice flavor. So I enjoyed that. Nice. Yeah, and I got the fennel sausage, so gouda, provolone, onion, and fennel, and that was pretty good. I like fennel, so uh, I think definitely the the standout for me was the spicy Yuma. Um, The meat on this chorizo. Oh, that's right, yeah. And, yeah, that pizza was awesome. All of them were good. Yeah. Even the leftovers that we ate after coming back from... Easy Street and finishing the bottle of blackberry schnapps. So, so was that a mistake? Like, it might have been a mistake, but I can't tell. <laughs> the pizza was fine. The blackberry schnapps was a mistake. Yeah, that's sort of how I felt about it, too. Well, it's like I, I do this eh, not as often as I used to, but it still happens. <laughs> like, I'll go out, I'll come home, and I should immediately go to sleep. But no. Instead, I'll have a beer, I'll have another beer, and I think we were at that point. And you were like, let's finish the blackberry schnapps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that blackberry schnapps has been around for a long time, too. Yeah. And you poured shots. I think you just emptied the bottle into three glasses because Elizabeth had gotten home at this point, and we were just talking around the table, I think, until like 4 in the morning. Which was actually 5 in the morning because it was daylight saving time. <laughs> right? Yeah. And you just emptied the bottle into three glasses, and Elizabeth was like, is this really a shot? And we were like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't think it was. I think it was like half a glass of blackberry schnapps. <laughs> it wasn't that much. <laughs> I mean, it might have been like a shot and a half for each of us, but it, it wasn't that much. Either way, Harvest Pizza was great. Yeah, I had I had the last piece uh, the next day. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I thought overall the weekend was a ton of fun. Um, I think we had really good participation at the at the tournament. A lot of us went out to dinner afterwards. Got to hang out with Josh Chapel all weekend. Like, yeah, th- this was in fact very notable because it was the first time since we have started on this endeavor that we have had these serious vintage hosts all together in the same place. It's true. Yeah, the only other Team Serious Open that I played in was the very first one. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Was that in Sandusky? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think it was at Dave's store. Yeah, well, because you've... I mean, because well, Dave was, like, the first person that we you were able to convince to let us have a tournament. Yeah. Well, Dave Dave always wanted to host Vintage. But, right. anyway, like, like, I know that you and I both moved out of Ohio around the same time, because we both left in 2008, right? Right. Yeah. And abandoned me. God. Well, you got Twan? <laughs> yeah, I had Twan. Great. <laughs> or did Twan have you? <laughs> oh, that Tzatziki. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, man, that that has been a long time, and I guess we oh we have because we've been to Gen Con at the same time, but we weren't doing the podcast yet, right? Exactly, exactly, yeah. and 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 Josh missed out on Gen Con last year, uh, last year, right? Which I will miss this year. So yes, oh well. Yeah, I thought I thought I bought a flight for that today, and apparently I didn't click all the way through because I never got the credit card charge or the final email. So I'll have to take maybe, a look at that again. Maybe you just got a free flight. That could be too. Yeah, just show up and be like, I paid for this. Yeah. <laughs> did Did you guys not get my no? Let me check. Yeah, I mean, that was a. It was, I had a really good time last weekend, and I'll definitely try to come back. I mean, the it, it pretty much just depends on the flight price because of the last time I tried to come up on a flight, yeah, it was like four hundred and fifty dollars, and this one I got for two hundred. So. Yeah. yeah I mean, well, uh, this this is actually a pretty good segue because I know that Comic Town. And I are talking about hosting a split legacy and vintage tournament uh, at the end of May. That would be the weekend of May 31st, which is the weekend after Memorial Day. But anyway, that would be the the idea would be to have three rounds of legacy, three rounds of vintage, and then the final rounds would be played in legacy as well. And hopefully, this tournament would um, get a decent turnout. The idea would be to get some some of the local legacy players playing vintage regularly, or at least for this one event. And then the next similar tournament we would do the same thing but reverse. So it would be vintage and then legacy and then the final rounds would be vintage. So so you can look forward to that. Seems exciting. Yeah. 
we also had a, a few other events that we're going to do a little promotion for. The first one, there's one next weekend in Durham, North Carolina. That's uh, Atomic Empire Weekend 5. Sorry, Atomic Empire Eternal Weekend 5. So they're going to have a legacy and a vintage event um, on Saturday and Sunday. And then also next weekend on Sunday is Lindenhurst, Illinois, uh, at Extreme Games. There will be hot vintage action. The following weekend, we're going to have three tournaments. The first one is in Glen Burnie, Maryland, at Games and Stuff on Saturday. There's also the next Team Series Open at the Hero Zone in Sandusky, Ohio, on Saturday. And then on Sunday in Livonia, Michigan, at RIW Hobbies, also vintage. And uh, I will put links to all of those events in the podcast write up. Wait, are those like this weekend? Uh, no, it's sorry. Next weekend, the March 21st and 22nd is the one in Durham, North Carolina, and in Lindenhurst, Illinois. And then the following weekend, which is March 29th and 30th, there's Glen Burnie, Maryland, Sandusky, Ohio, and Livonia, Michigan. Got it. That's a lot of vintage going on. This is hard to track. There are a lot of vintage. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I just have one final thing to say. The potholes in Cleveland, Ohio are insane. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that pothole in the uh, the parking lot of North Star? That thing would have actually swallowed my car. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that Tuan hit a pothole in his car and blew off a wheel. Is that That's true? true? Yeah. yeah that, that is... I, I checked with him. He did. <laughs> The potholes in Cleveland were like two feet deep. Yeah, and it, he said that it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like a direct reaction, like he he hit a pothole and his wheel blew off. It was more like a series of potholes, and then his wheel fell off a little bit later. And he said that you know he he pulled over and there was a Hispanic guy who came out of his house and was like, "Hey, did you need some help?" And Juan was like, oh, "I think I'm just gonna need a tow. I don't I don't really know what's going on." And the, the Hispanic guy looked at his wheel well, looked at the wheel, said something in Spanish, and then went back in his house. <laughs> well, I mean, that sounds that sounds a lot less exciting than having it blow right off your right, car. Yeah. And, and as someone that's been in a car on the highway where the wheel's blown off, yeah. I was just glad it wasn't my car. Right. Yeah. Do but you, still, do you, do you not have serious pothole problems out in Denver? No. Our city has money. Yeah. They legalize marijuana. <laughs> Must be nice. Do, do they use salt out there? No. Yeah. Not usually, I don't think. I, I don't know if they use it at all. But our, like our snow doesn't really call for it because we'll get like a large amount of snow in one day, and then the next day it'll be like 45 degrees and melt. Right. So it doesn't really stick around that much. Right. Must be you, nice. You don't have water getting into cracks in the road and then freezing. Right. Popping rocks out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it usually just all belts. Our winters are awesome. Sounds like it. Well, it's happened again. You've wasted another perfectly good hour listening to Serious Vintage. I'm Jeff Mose. I'm Matt Mose. And I'm Josh Chapel. And we hope you'll join us next time for more Serious Vintage. A little trip. Take a little trip, take a little trip and see. Take a little trip, take a little trip, take a little trip with me. Man, that's the best part about doing these is you can do them naked.